You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Thursday morning, the 28th of January. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11 a.m. This is Michael Reed on LMFM. It doesn't seem to matter how long we've been living with this virus. We still have to ask, how is this happening? The virus wasn't growing in the backyards of pubs, rather that it was coming on airlines. He done nothing at all about it. Uh, the boilers didn't walk across the Irish Sea. We are an island country. If Danny Healy is right, maybe it was just a, a matter of bad luck, the way the wind was blowing. Taoiseach, this didn't arrive in on a southeasterly. You know, it arrived on a, it didn't arrive on a southeasterly. It arrived on a flight on a boat. Catherine Martin. On Tuesday, the government announced there will be further restrictions on travel. We've agreed on mandatory hotel quarantine for travellers returning from some high-risk countries and for anyone who comes back without the pre-departure PCR test. Uh, my department here is also now preparing plans for a mandatory stay-at-home quarantine for all others who uh, come back to Ireland. Stephen Donnelly, but not everyone agrees with the Minister's approach. You propose to send people back to homes and other accommodation with other people, people who may be going out to work, people who will go into our shops and stores and therefore risk the spreading of this virus. Sinn Féin's Mary Lou MacDonald. Opposition TDs have many questions about how the government's big announcement on travel is actually going to work. How will it be enforced? And uh, have you talked to the Garda Commissioner in relation to this? Uh, do we have the number of Garda to do what needs to be done? Or or to do what's been demanded of them. Independent TD Catherine Murphy there. Now the government says the law is going to be enforced. Where people are determined to ignore the regulations on travel, they will face increased penalties. Government spokesperson Liz Canavan. The surge in the virus, the increased cases, the new variants, the number in hospitals, the lack of ICU capacity and the number of deaths has led to people calling on the government to act, to lead us out of this lockdown. What we got instead is a government that is clearly at sixes and sevens with no idea of how to proceed beyond March uh, 5th. A government that yet again has failed to prepare, failed to consult and failed to plan. The Sinn Féin President Mary Lou MacDonald speaking in the Dáil yesterday. The Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee, is a TD for Meath East and joins us on the line now. Good morning to you, Minister. Thank you for joining us. Some criticism there. What say you? Well, Michael, firstly, I, I would agree with you. I mean, this virus didn't just come in on the wind. You know, we are an island and obviously this originally came in through travel 
And that has been the case across the world. We are extremely interconnected and have become more interconnected um, over the last number of years. However, what's really important, and, and all of the focus this week has been on travel. We had other weeks where it was on something else. Travel is not the, the silver bullet here in terms of trying to manage this virus. We still have quite high numbers, but thankfully, because of the work that people have done over the last number of weeks and months, because of the fact that we are in level five restrictions, we're seeing these numbers come down. We're seeing them come down quite significantly and the reproductive rate also. But what's concerning is that the numbers in hospitals are still high and the numbers in ICU are still high. So we need to reduce them further. So there were three things that were agreed at Cabinet this week. Firstly, it was agreed to extend the current level five restrictions to the 5th of March. And I know that's really difficult for people. It's it's another five weeks of essentially staying at home, limiting everything that you do, bar going for exercise and, and to get your food. The reason that we chose the 5th of March is because that is the date that Northern Ireland has uh, decided essentially that, that they hope to reopen some things slightly as well. So we're trying to stay in line as much as possible with Northern Ireland. The second agreement was around our schools. So there's significant engagement between both our Ministers for Education, Union teachers' representatives, student representatives, and I'm fully confident that in the coming weeks we will have a plan in place for phased reopening, starting with special education and continuing on to all of our schools and, and in particular looking at our Leaving Cert students. The third area that we agreed was around travel. And it's important to stress this, and, and when we had our meetings the other evening with the Chief Medical Officer and with our statisticians and health experts, they stressed that travel is not the only issue here and it's important that we continue to adhere to all the other rules but as we continue to get the numbers down it's important that we you know we restrict as much chance as possible of this coming back into our country through people traveling so there's two main areas of mm-hmm. the travel that we have decided on firstly and and you know it's complex and how we implement it is complex and you know depending on what country you're coming from and everything else it's it's, it's different but the message to people and that I want to get across to people today is you cannot travel. Mm. You, it, it is against the law to travel unless you are a member from Garda Síochána doing work, unless you are mm. a, a haulier, unless you're travelling for essential reasons, you should not be able to travel. Okay, and I'd like to ask you how you're going to stop people from travelling or how it's going to be policed. Uh, and a number of questions uh, to put to you directly from uh, on Garda Síochána or members of the GRA. But there's a couple of points that strike me before I ask you those questions, Minister. And one is that because of the new variants, Uh, there's little or no hope of coming out of lockdown. And no matter how low the numbers are, because if the numbers go down really low uh, and we come out of lockdown, it seems as though the virus is just going to bounce back because the variants are so virulent. Uh, And then you have the risk of variants mutating. We've already seen this virus mutate, but the new variants could mutate and you could have mutations of mutations. And that's why travel is so important and that we stop importing variants of this virus into the country. And we have to keep out these new variants and variants that haven't even been recognised as yet. So I do think that we'll be living with a certain level of quarantine for some time. And I think we have to be honest about that. Until we're all vaccinated. Like 70% of people are vaccinated. 
we, we need a significant number of people to be vaccinated and you're, you're, you're right in saying the new variant that is now representative of over 60% of positive cases in this country, we know that it transmits more easily. So while we're seeing numbers decrease significantly, we expect that it will probably get to a certain point where it may not decrease any further, but we're not there yet and that's why we need to continue to stay the course and to stay at level five. But until we have the vaccine rolled out to the vast majority of people, I do think we're going to be living with a certain level. But the travel restrictions that we agreed on this week are very much based on some of what you've just outlined, new variants of these strains. So mm. South Africa in particular and Brazil and South or South America, sorry, with Brazil and South Africa. Anybody coming into the country from those countries and to be honest, again, they will have to have a very specific and a very essential reason to do so. Anyone coming in from those countries will have to quarantine in a facility designated by the HSC and will have to do so for an extended period of time. But does that matter? Does that matter in the case of Brazil if people coming from Portugal don't have to follow the same level of restriction and quarantine because you're talking about one and the same thing. The links are so strong between the two countries. Well, firstly, I suppose the, the, the group of people that we're talking about that would have to quarantine in these facilities, they're firstly anybody coming from South uh, American Brazil and South Africa. Yes, and but those, what I'm saying to you is... countries could pe- extend, pe- but also anybody coming from, say, Portugal or from Europe or any other country without a PCR test will have to quarantine also in those facilities. Anybody coming with a PCR test, but also, again, they have to show a very valid reason as to why they are travelling. They will then be asked to quarantine at home because we have to remember that the vast majority of people who are coming from Portugal or Spain or any of these other countries... No, not Spain. They're Irish Irish citizens, but from Portugal as mm, well. And I I looked at the figures this week. Not Spain. Not Spain, not Italy, not Greece, Portugal. Because travelling from Lisbon to Brazil City uh, is similar to travelling from Belfast to Dublin. The links are so strong that they are almost one and the same thing and that if you're stopping people from coming here from Brazil, uh, it seems pointless uh, if you're not doing the same with people coming from Portugal. So anybody who is coming and their original uh, destination is Brazil, if they come from Brazil through Portugal and to Ireland, the same rule will apply. If somebody is coming from Portugal alone. Mm. But the virus is so rampant in Portugal because of Brazil uh, and they are almost one and the same thing and that's why the UK has extended this ban to Portugal uh, because it's a Brazilian problem. What I would say to that is, and and it was made very clear this week, these are the initial countries, but there's every possibility that that will extend. Mm. You're talking about a European country in the case of Portugal, and therein lies the complication in all of this. And I understand that, Minister, but I I think it is a point worth making. Uh, If I can ask you about policing this uh, and the questions that the Gardaí have in relation to policing this, what are they policing? Uh, Because they don't know of a, a plan. They feel that it hasn't been developed yet. It needs to be developed, resourced and communicated to them. They say, that quite often policy is drawn up first without consideration for implementing it and they're left trying to deliver on unrealistic expectations. And the Gardaí say that you as the Minister of Justice have indicated that they will be expected to do house checks and they're unclear about hotels. Will the Gardaí be expected to carry out checks in hotels, Minister? So no is the simple answer to that question. But just I really want to reassure people that whether it's these particular measures or any other measures that have been introduced over the last number of months, there is constant engagement with members of Angarda Siakana. So myself talking to the commissioner, my own department talking with senior management. So before a cabinet discussion takes place, you know, we are not proposing and I'm not 
allowing something to be proposed and they ex- is not enforceable. And that they is accept not that may, may, maybe the Garda management hasn't communicated with uh, the staff working on the ground, but members of the GRA are asking these questions and we have told them that we put them to you as the Minister for Justice. So that's the first question. Right. You're saying Absolutely. they, the, so the Garda will not have to carry out checks in hotels? No, they won't. So there are two different systems here. So if we're talking about hotels and, and say, for example, City West, which is already designated as a HSC facility, that will be carried out through the Department of Health and there will be private security, so to speak, that will manage that. So it will not be members of Angarda Shia What they will be asked to do is what they're currently already doing, firstly, around the airport. So there will be increased presence for people uh, on the routes in and out of the airport. And we've seen that already in the last few weeks. The penalties for those travelling abroad will increase, so it's just a matter of a different fine that they're already applying. Yeah. We already have Gardaí that are at the border management unit, so where people come in, they don't have their PCR test, they are then brought to the attention of the Gardaí, their details are taken and cases are made, so that's already happening. Yeah. What's new and what you're asking about is the home checks. So where people are coming from, particular countries where they don't have to quarantine in these facilities, they will be asked to quarantine at home, and that's staying in their home, it's not going for walks, it's not going to the shop, it's staying in their home. And will members of Angarda be asked to call to them? They won't be asked to call into the house. But if I could explain, maybe at the Mm. moment you have a situation where the country is divided into different districts. Each district every day has a certain number of Gardaí that check on licensed premises to make sure they're closed, they check on retail to make sure they're operating in the way that they should. And this will be included as part of their overall checks. We won't have 100% of people coming in checked because, you know, I, I, I don't think we need to, but I don't think that would be possible. Okay. But as the numbers come down, and we've already seen in the last two weeks, as we've introduced mandatory PCR testing, the number of people coming into the country has gone down significantly. What I would be disappointed about, I suppose, is the numbers that we've seen in the last week or two of people that are clearly and have been away for mm. not essential travel. Okay. And that's why that message is important. Minister, can I, can, can, can I just ask you uh, again about the mechanics of, of this? If I'm to quarantine at home, let's say, and uh, the guardy knock on my door and I don't answer the door, what happens then? Or if they phone me and I don't answer my phone, what happens then? So this is being worked through at the moment and this is something that I suppose is part of the operational uh, nature of how the Gardaí will carry this out but you know we're not asking Gardaí to go into houses we're not asking them to put themselves at danger So there's no I obligation on me to stay at home I, I, I just well, there, 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 there is a legal obligation this will be made the law and if you know, and, and I suppose ha- I have to give an example. If somebody doesn't make themselves known, be it coming to the door or, or making themselves aware to the Gardaí, and they call a number of times, then you can assume that somebody is not quarantining at home or they're not at the address that they have given, and that is where Gardaí can take action. People will have already given their details. What action the can they take? Form. What action can they take, on, on, on what basis, if there's no evidence of breaching guidelines or regulations or the law, what action can Gardaí take without evidence? So if somebody is not able to present themselves where they have given clearly directions through the passenger locator form uh, that they will be quarantining at mm. a certain... I didn't, I didn't hear a knock at the door. ...a certain country. Well, you know, if a guard calls to your house yeah. two or three times yeah. and you don't hear it two or three times, yeah. I think you can safely assume. But what I would say... And safely I, and assume what, Minister? I'm, I'm basing this on evidence that the vast majority of people are complying where either a guard 
engages with them, whether it's on the road, whether it's at okay. home, because so, we have rules in place around house parties and gatherings. So there's no enforcement power. So, so, so there is no enforcement power. Well, there is because people can face a fine of up to two and a half thousand euro. On what basis? For not opening a door. So again, while the minister really can, through here, minister, that I, I, that doesn't add up seriously. Like, I well, I, I think it's very clear if somebody has been given a clear direction that they need to quarantine at home, and they have given on a document that they have presented that's given to the guards that they have given an address that they are quarantining at home. And this is under health regulations. So you have to remember, this might seem unusual, but we are in unusual times and you have measures through the Health Act that have been implemented across the last number of months on health grounds where you are potentially a risk to somebody else or to other people. There are measures that Gardaí can take. And if you are not at home, if you cannot present yourself, and I'm I'm just giving an example, if a guard calls to a house, perhaps three times and doesn't get any response, then you can safely, or a guard... But you're still working that through. It might be two times, it might be ten times. You're just pulling a number out of the air, aren't you? And that is a matter for the Gardaí. I'm I'm not in charge of how Gardaí operate these... Okay, and if I don't don't pay the fine, if I I refuse to pay the fine, uh, can I be prosecuted? So you can in the same way that if... On what basis, without evidence... If, if people who refuse to pay the, the fine that they currently have been getting for extending beyond the five kilometre travel, there are measures that can be taken. So, But there would be the evidence of, a, in that circumstance, Minister, there would be the evidence of a member of Angarda Shia who has found you to be in breach of the guidelines. In this case, there is no evidence. So, again, if I would explain, you are supposed to be at home, you are supposed to be able to present yourself. If you are not doing that, if you cannot do that, um, then a guard that could safely assume that you're not at either the residence that you say you're at uh, or that you're not quarantining. So, I mean, we we need our guard EA to be able to, to, to work with a certain level of discretion. But it's very clear under health regulations, uh, as new guidelines are introduced and, and mandatory uh, mm. restrictions put in place, if you are required by law, to quarantine in a certain location that you have given the address and you are not there or a guardie cannot locate you there, then an assumption can be taken that you are not quarantining where you said you would and prosecutions can happen. And you believe that there would be the legal basis for a prosecution in a circumstance like that, that that prosecution would hold up? Well, yes, I do, because we have managed to introduce legislation and, and new measures over the last 10 months um, you know, well, well, obviously, I bow to your wisdom, Minister, but I, I honestly don't understand it at the same time. The, 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 the Gardaí uh, want to know uh, if they'll be involved at the airports and ports. I think you've already said no, that won't be the case. They'll be outside. At the airports and ports, so Gardaí are already at the approach roads. At the yeah, yeah, but they won't, be in, they won't be in the airport. or They are already in the airports, yes. And, and as I've said, clearly, they're already at the border management unit, so where people are coming in. Uh, where there are issues that okay. arise, the border management unit then bring it to the attention of the Gardaí and then there are, and so, okay. you know, well, that, that's, that, that seems... you have over 150 people mm. where their files have been sent or files have been created for the DPP because they haven't had a PCR test. Mm. We're now obviously extending that and changing the criteria for people coming into the country. So, for, for, know, for, Forgive me for talking over to you, Minister, but uh, I, I, I'm trying to uh, get these questions for the GRA, the members of Angarda Shia Connor. I don't mean to be rude, but it seems odd. 
your response to that question because the, the, the question as it's written here in front of me is will Gardaí be involved at the airports and ports as opposed to outside on, on the road? It seems odd that they're asking that question if they're already at the airports and ports. So, well, the, the Gardaí are already in the airport, as I've said, at, so where people come in from holidays where they present their passport, there is also now additional requirements where people have to produce passenger locator forms, but also a proof of a negative PCR test, and that was introduced two weeks ago. So the Gardaí are already there, and they are alerted if somebody does not have a PCR test. You have Gardaí actually stationed within the airport as well. Okay. What you may have, and what they may be asking about, is whether or not members of Angarda Shiakana would be in at the departure desks, where people are actually going in and checking in their bags and before they get on a plane. And that's something, again, that we are working through and discussing. But the fact that Gardaí are on the roads, going into the airports, leaving the airports, but also at the desk where people are coming back in and flying in. Do you expect that they will be at the departure desks? That's, again, something that we have to work through as to whether or not it's needed, particularly if you have an increased presence of Gardaí outside the airport, but also where people are coming in as well. Okay, so so, so the the, the answer to that, just to be as clear as possible, which uh, I don't think is uh, as clear uh, uh, as uh, definite, uh, but you're saying uh, possibly, if needed, that will be the case. Absolutely. And okay. again, this okay. is... I, I, and I, I'm, just try, I'm just trying to get the correct... I, I have to stress, mm. Michael, that mm. a lot of these are operational matters. Mm. It's not for me to decide where the Garda Commissioner or his senior management... And I appreciate that, Minister. ...then certain Garda, what they have mm. to look at is the regulations, how they can be applied and what they feel is the best way mm. to enforce them. But again, I stress, none of these are just you know, decided and then we tell the Gardaí there's constant engagement before and after and during and where detail needs to be worked out, that is done. And we will have regulations signed mm. um, by tomorrow, I hope. A lot I, I, I think that's why the guards are asking these questions of you because uh, a lot of it will hinge on regulations and legislation. And they're wondering as well about people coming in to the country via the north, uh, whether they come into one of the airports in Belfast or one of the ports north of the border and then decide to get into a car and drive into the Republic. Will the same regulations apply to them? So at the moment, it does not. And we need to be clear on that in that this is something we've looked at before. So we've introduced penalties for people travelling outside the five kilometres, it's much more difficult. And this comes back to enforcement and the, the guards have, you know, the question asked, how do we enforce it? It's much more complex and difficult to enforce where you have people coming from other jurisdictions. But we are actively exploring that. And I am this week with other colleagues engaged with the AG around the possibility of an enforcement or a fine that could be applied for anybody who travels more than five kilometres from the border. So anybody potentially travelling from the north into the south and goes beyond the five kilometres unless they have a valid reason to do so. We have to remember a lot of people work, you know, along the border and, and travel to school, be it from the south into the north or otherwise. Mm. But this is something we're exploring further. We have looked at this before and it's not straightforward. And what I don't want is for us to implement or to agree measures that are not implementable, that the Gardaí, you know, find very difficult, that are not credible and that won't work. So that's why... We're looking at this again, but but it is a challenge. There's no point in saying this. We've said this all along. We have an open border. Uh, we're not going to ask Gardaí to, to police every boring or, or road. We've we've discussed this a lot 
you know, a, a, a loss over well, the I suppose they're asking, will somebody be able to give, give them two fingers uh, because they've come from the north uh, and the Gardaí don't have jurisdiction over them? Or will the Health Act be amended so that they'd be able to instruct somebody coming here from the north in breach of uh, guidelines that uh, apply in the Republic to return back over the border? So that's currently what's been explored. The Health Act would have to be amended. Uh, and as I've said, we've looked at this before. It's not straightforward, but we're looking at it again because we feel this is something that we need to do. But I do want it to be something that is enforceable and that's something that is manageable. But again, I think the vast majority of people, be they travelling from the north or not, if you engage with a member from Garbage Khanna and they stop you either on the road or otherwise, you know, and, and you're asked to turn around and you're told that you're in breach of, of regulations or that the right thing to do is turn around, the vast majority of people are. And, and I, mm. you know, and, and that's not just me deciding that's the mm. case. I've spoken mm. to mm. members of Angarda Shia the vast majority of people do. But if we can strengthen it even further, if we can acknowledge the fact that there are people travelling who shouldn't be travelling north and south of the border then that's something that we will move to do. But it's, it's just not straightforward, unfortunately. Unfortunately not. Nothing is these days, Minister. Many thanks for all of the time. I'm sorry if I held you over time, uh, but uh, the uh, questions uh, didn't stop coming to me there. Uh, but thank you, as I say, for joining us uh, and for taking those questions on the programme this morning. That's uh, the Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee. Michael, Michael Reed on, on LMFM. Now, as I mentioned uh, to Helen McEntee, the questions we were putting to the Minister came from the GRA. Brendan O'Connor is Vice President of uh, the Garda Representative Association. He's based in uh, the Donegal Division, but on the phone with us uh, this morning. Good morning to you, Brendan, and thanks uh, for joining us. Uh, Did the Minister uh, say enough uh, to make you feel a, a little bit more comfortable with what's being envisaged here? Well, I suppose, but look, it was it was interesting to hear the minister's perspective and to put more detail on what was turning into be a, a speculation. So, uh, it is reassuring to know that we're not going to be expected to monitor people who are staying in hotels, and there doesn't appear to be going to be any necessity to to cross the threshold of of a private dwelling. And also, it was it was nice to hear it acknowledge the difficulties that our members, particularly in the border region, in places like Louth, and. Um, in relation to people coming across the border, and it's acknowledged that uh, it was it, it, that it it was difficult and a challenge, and, and as the minister acknowledged, legislation had to be found that was implementable and credible because some of the legislation we've been working with up to now has hasn't 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 reached that bar, which has presented huge difficulties for our members mm-hmm. in the border region. And uh, I'm sure you'll agree with the Minister as well, Brandon, that most people will respect what the Gardaí say to them and uh, abide uh, by uh, the instruction that you give and are quite happy to take your instruction. But it's in the case of the small few who don't, where it gets complicated, as the Minister said, and uh, legislation may need to be updated in order to give you the tools that you need to do the job. Yes, and I suppose look at that's the case with any, with any legislation. It's it's the people who comply are not a problem. It's the people who choose, as you said, to put the two fingers up. And we have to have a system that that restores credibility to the law. And also, it's very important for the vast majority of people who are very supportive of us, who appreciate the difficult job we're doing and are doing their very best and complying with everything. For them to see someone who chooses not to, and again, in their perception is the guards are not doing something about it, and that's hugely frustrating for our members and hugely frustrating for them. So it's good to know that something, these things, but again, while it's encouraging that it's been looked at, there's nothing concrete there, and is it a case that's going to be looked at and found there is no solution, and we're going to be in the same 
difficulties going forward. That's the concern for our members. What did you make uh, about uh, the part of uh, the conversation whereby somebody is meant to be isolating, quarantining at home and not leave their house and the guards knock at the door but there's no answer uh, that uh, if you do that three times, perhaps the Minister said, you could issue a a fine. Uh, Did you find that a a credible argument? Well, I I suppose it comes down to, Michael, what's on the legislature and what law is passed. So if if the, the, the particular provision puts the obligation on the person to satisfy the authorities, well, then that would be uh, that would be much easier to police. But generally, on any statute, the burden of proof on the state is to prove a breach of it. You know, we can't. It's it, it's unusual that someone would have to prove their innocence. Now, there are certain certain uh, specific circumstances. So, you know, if 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 if, if some method is found where someone can be obliged to provide some credible way of showing where their presence is and that they're complying, that, that, that will certainly take a burden off us. But again, the Minister did acknowledge that it, it's a person who doesn't comply and who's difficult and chooses not to. So whether a judge would be able to draw an inference from something like that, 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 that's something that we will just have to wait and see. Mm. Um, what about the idea of your members being at departure desks in Dublin Airport? Um, Look at it. This is a this is a pandemic, and um, you know there's a huge threat to the to the health of the nation, to people's lives. So if that's what's expected, then of course our members will be able to put our shoulder to the wheel and step up a bit. I suppose the question we have is we hear a lot of words like additional and extra, and we would say, well, we have only a finite number of people who experience absenteeism as we dis- as we discuss as people are sick. We don't. We're not. We don't believe that we're our our key role in this implementing this plan is recognising where we are in the vaccination queue. So whether we will have the staff available to do these extra extra duties, that's what remains to be seen. And that's why we're saying also it's key to this process that our members receive early vaccination so that we can play our part and be used to our maximum efficiency. And again, as you say, going forward, this is going this situation seems to be going with us for the medium term. So we have to plan ahead and ensure our workforce is absolutely kept to its its maximum potential. Uh, we went way over time with uh, the Minister because there was uh, so many questions uh, to ask, uh, but there were a couple of questions uh, that time didn't allow to ask. Maybe I could uh, tease them out with you, but uh, if your members are called to Dublin Airport, let's say, uh, because somebody uh, needs uh, to quarantine, uh, what will you hope to be the procedure in that uh, with PPE and vaccination and so on, if you're uh, to transport them or to accompany them, escort them to City West, let's say? Well, again, this is this is a bugbear of the association and for many of our members. And uh, we see constantly that a lack of training and a lack of preparedness and a lack of protocols in place. So if it's a case that our members are going to be expected to go and deal with someone who is a potential hazard and may be infected, we will need the same standard of PPE that's been used by health service personnel to protect them from the virus. So other police services, including us, we're often compared to the PSNI and told about, you know, that we'll adopt their practice. They have they have specially trained teams that go and deal with these sort of incidents where there's a possibility of COVID. So we have specially trained members with extra levels of PPP. Vehicles would have proper protection and screens in separate compartments. So what needs to be done, and that's what we're saying, is in advance of anything coming in, we need to be prepared. We need to have these protocols. We need to have the systems in place. We need to have the vehicles and we need to have the equipment. But most of all, we need to have the training in the best practice. It's not good enough 
that two weeks into this, the first time it arises, and it's like, okay, what do we do here? And we start trying to do our best in a bad situation. As I said, there's a deadly virus circulating. Our members are in an environment where they're exposed to it. So we have to have the top-class protection and the proper protocols that are robust and will deal effectively with the situation. And can you tell me what you think uh, about mandatory quarantine, where or when it will uh, apply, and the forced quarantine uh, probably more accurately put off people in places like City West? Uh, the minister said, uh, and you'd be wondering if you'd be involved if the, in this, if you'd have to enter hotels and so on. She said, no, that would be looked after by private security firms. Uh, is there any issue in terms of policing people uh, in incarcerating them, if you like, uh, if that work is being done by private security companies uh, who are not officers of the law? Again, Michael, we come back to the fundamental point that cannot be, we cannot get away from. Absolutely, compliant people, security companies can carry out paperwork, other agencies can carry out an administrative function. But when someone chooses to breach the laws of the land or the regulations, the authority and the law enforcement agency in this state is on Gardaí corner. So who will be called when there's a problem? Who will be the people who will respond when the thing doesn't go to plan? It will be the men and women of Gardaí corner. So whether that's going to be who's, it can't be a case just where the car that's on duty in West Dublin and Blanchardstown or whatever is sent to City West. We have to have a plan, we have to have a team, and we have to have a strategy. And that is what we are saying. It's, gra- it's great announcing plans and, and telling the public what's going to happen. But the men and women that I represent, they're the people that go in and sort out these problems. And we just, we're just asking that we're prepared. We know what we're doing. We know what we're expected of us. And we're protected to the maximum the protection we can. And this was the, the, the one thing we're really mm. crying out for is vaccination. If we're going to be dealing on a more hands-on basis with, with, with more rigorous implementation of legislation to control this virus. Yeah, well, I suppose there's uh, no question that this is very important to all of us and for all of us. But for those who are not directly involved in the negotiations of how this will be policed, if we're not politicians or if we're not members of Angarda Siakana, the general public, in other words, from the outside looking in, it seems as though the politicians are saying that they're communicating with the Garda management. And if you're not aware of what the plans are, uh, that there's a communication problem within the force from the top down. Yes, well, I, I couldn't disagree with those sentiments, and it's, it's an entirely justifiable stance for the minister's take and politicians, because at the end of the day, the force is managed operationally by our own officers. So, yes, uh, I couldn't disagree. There, we, we communicate our, our concerns and our issues, and sometimes, sometimes we get satisfactory answers, and sometimes we don't. And I suppose that's what pushes us out into the public sphere to ask these questions. I suppose there's a certain level of frustration at the level of engagement with the association. So hopefully, I, and I, we have taken heart from um, what has been said by a number of politicians and, and uh, even Deputy O'Dowd there from the constituency also said yesterday on another radio station that, you know, did the government want to hear guards concerns? So hopefully our own management will listen to our concerns, communicate them and engage with us constructively. But Sometimes that hasn't been what it ought to be, in our own opinion. Okay, I hope you're a bit more satisfied and that uh, the interview with the Minister brought uh, some more clarity to the situation this morning. Thank you very much. Thank you indeed. Brendan O'Connor, Vice President of uh, the GRA, the Garda Representative Association. Michael Reed on LMFM. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.